this is my favorite doggo of the 1980s, possibly ever. I'm going Quincy from Fatal Attraction. Don't cheat on your spouse. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Because <laughs> you'll get battery acid on your car. Oh, and there's man. dead bunnies. That is a good roughers in that movie. Yeah. So, first of all, perfect dog perfect for like dog. for like the uptown. American family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he lived in rural New Jersey with his owner and breeders until he passed in 1996 at the ripe age of 15.5 years. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. That's good stuff. I will argue that Quincy is at the crux of what makes Alex Forrest snap and like go crazy. Really? When he goes with Alex on a perfect sunny day in Central Park with Quincy to romp around, play with the tennis ball, and they're just having fun together as a family. If my girlfriend cheated on me with someone, that would be less offensive than taking my dogs out with that person to romp around with a tennis ball in the park. I would file civil suits. I would call the cops. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakoshane, darling, Dakoshane. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. The first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning is... Brush your teeth. No. I think about my dog. And the most important thing I think about with my dog, Vader, is have I taken care of my finances in a way where I can provide the type of lifestyle that that magnificent beast deserves. Sonic Loans, they not only love you, they not only do the best job in town at getting you the best mortgage, you know what else they love? Your dog do- loans. Your dogs. They give loans to dogs. They don't give dogs. <laughs> Charlie and the team at Sonic Loans are committed to making sure that you get into the right mortgage or refinance your current mortgage so that you can take care of your family. And as we all know, roughers are a part of the family. Please reach out to Charlie and his team at sonicloans.com. They are the people that you need in your corner as you foray, you like that word, into this arena of mortgages. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. 
Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com and you can also call for a free consultation at 248-595-0001. Ian and his family have a dog named Henry. I call him Henri. Another important quality when finding the right attorney to represent you, they got to love dogs. Bolton Legal Group is aggressive, efficient. They are there for you for the whole journey. Call them, email them, reach out to them. If you have any problems that are real estate based, if you have any issues with your business, if your dog got attacked, God help you by another dog or by some angry person, go get Bolton Legal Group. He will personally show up at that person's house with a shock. No, not a shotgun. I shouldn't say that. Does he do dog law? No, but dog law. He does bird law. He's very, very well-equipped in bird law. The Charlie Day reference. Bolton Legal Group is there to support you, and they are the best in town. Please reach out to them. Let them know that Buzz in the Tower sent you. Today's episode... 80s movie dogs. Before Marley and Me, Homeward Bound, Beethoven, and Air Bud, there was an explosion of films starring man's best friend. And even when our favorite ruffers weren't headlining the kiosk, they often stole the show. Let us not forget, if not for the brave sacrifice of a sheepdog mutt named Einstein, Marty would have never time-traveled. And Jaws may have scared us from swimming, but a St. Bernard named Cujo made dry land just as scary. The 80s gave us memorable puppy performances. Today on Buzz in the Tower, We'll talk about our favorite 80s movie dogs. Because if there's one thing we love more than the 80s, it's fluffy puppers. Who's your good boy? Who's your boo? Who's your boo? Who's your boo? I'm Mo Shapiro. And joining me as always, the fox to my hound, Max Sanders. And with that... Copper, you're my very best friend. And you're mine too, Todd. And we'll always be best friends forever, won't we? Yeah, forever. Cute. Cute. <laughs> I messed it up before. No, it's okay. I said Copper or Cooper. No, can't you remember the dog's name? I haven't name seen the Fox Hound. What? I know. Oh my God! Mickey get out Rourke, of here! Right? Get out of here! Isn't it? Isn't it Kurt Russell? Too? Yes. Yeah. Yes. How can Kurt Russell play a dog? Oh, because Kurt Russell's career started with Disney. You know, like he was all over Disney stuff. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, this yeah. is. He just was coming home when yeah. he did this. I guess so. Max Sanders. You foxy fox. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the show. This is my favorite episode, idea-wise. <laughs> you love doggos. Yeah. Ruffers. My dream world is to have like 30 dogs. You almost said dream warrior. Dream warrior. <laughs> if Freddy killed me, it would be with like dogs that I thought I would love. And if, Fre- if Freddy killed you, all he would have to do is literally show up at your house <laughs> and you would die of a panic-induced heart attack. What would be yours? How Freddie would kill me? Yeah. He would put me in a dream with you recording the podcast <laughs> and reminding you that it's not Cooper, it's Copper. Copper, 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 Copper. We didn't copper. Talk, we didn't talk about Say it. Say Copper. Say it. Copper. Say it! Cooper. Say it! <laughs> Sega. <laughs> That's funny. I was actually doing uh, Sam Kennison from... Um, yeah, Back to School. Yeah, but you were doing the Sega commercial. Yeah, they sound the same. They do sound the same. <laughs> Just yelling. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yelling. <laughs> Give me a long one. It's just yelling. Say it. No, it's good. You're good. Take a deep breath. Where did that go? I don't know what is going on with you today, but I like it. I like where your head's at. Uh, Max, welcome to the show. Hello. A reminder to all of our faithful listeners. Please follow us at Buzz in the Tower on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all social media. And if you have not subscribed or followed us on Spotify, Apple podcast, or whatever platform you're using, please do that as well and drop a wonderful review of your experience listening to Max 
have trouble speaking English. It's our favorite it part hard. of the show. It's my second language. It is. What's your first language? Gibberish. Uh, so, Max, today's episode is about the ruffers that make us feel good. Yes. Ruffy, puffy, McFluffies. Were you a dog guy all the way back? All the way back. I have loved dogs since the day I was born. So, like, walk me through your dog history. Uh, polka dot was my first dog yep. and I, all I ever wanted was a dog and my mom would never get me one for whatever reason. My sister and I, every single night that there was a star, we would do the like <laughs> starlight, star bright, yeah. first star and we'd always wish for a dog. And every year in elementary school, I would watch my friends bring in their puppies for show and tell every would you year. cry? It would, it would, no, the rage. This is where, yeah. this is where the darkness no. began. <laughs> the rage would build inside of me. And then the last show and tell of fifth grade. So about to leave elementary school and go to middle school. My friends who weren't even my friends because they were, I was bullied horrifically at that age. They're like, Mo, your mom has a dog in the hallway. Come take like, a look. And I'm like, lying. whatever. Then I walk in the hallway and I see my mom and she's holding this adorable puppy, which looks like a stuffed animal. And I'm like, oh my God, my mom is so lame. She just brought a stuffed animal and she's going to say, look at the stuffed animal. And then I saw the tail move and my heart melted. What kind of dog? Uh, Lassapoo, half lapsa, opsa, half poodle. You have interesting taste in dogs. Uh, I did not pick this dog. I was in fifth grade and my mom. But you're like adult history of dogs. Adult history. Well, the next dog that I owned after that, yep. uh, Polka Dot made it all the way through my junior year of college. And then when I met my wife, Trish, she was, she was fostering rescue dogs and Good for her. I, she was amazing. It's one of the things I loved about her. And I said, I am taking this dog. And uh, if things are going really well in our relationship, but if they don't, this will be my dog. So I will file all the paperwork and write the check. She did not find that as funny as I did, but I was dead serious. And that's where I got Gonzo. When you're referring to my odd taste in dogs, I've accidentally in getting and adopting mutts always had some degree of chow in them. So Gonzo is a golden chow. They're yeah. very difficult. <laughs> they're wonderful to their owners. They're terrible to the rest of the world, which is like someone of, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. And then Vader, <laughs> my current ruffers, my handsome young man, uh, he also is a flat hair retriever mixed with chow. So he's a little bit of a spaz too. You, on the other hand, you like the fancier breeds. I'm kind of a Harry Potter elitist. Like you have mud bloods. I have, you know, pure wizard blood dogs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's good. All those. Have you ever seen those Sarah McLaughlin commercials and all those poor dogs in the pound and but good you keep spending money on designer dogs you're a good person <laughs> no, they're not designer they're big doggos i like them slobbery prehistoric and just kind of gross i want to be in my house and be like why is there a wild animal that could kill me in my house okay what nothing just another weird weird moment with max i've had a bernice mountain dog named moose who oh, you moose, love i love moose and i, I have, love all your dogs yeah yeah I have two girls named Teddy and Bear that are Newfoundlands, oh, and they're so just sweet. <laughs> they're just idiots. They literally have destroyed everything in your house. <laughs> yeah, I've spent quite a lot of money, like Fortress of Solitude yeah, style. Like yeah. I have one inch thick plastic around my uh, windows. I have metal on all my what's the stuff on the floor? Uh, Wood? No <laughs> linoleum? No, like the not the top stuff, but the bottom trim. Yeah, <laughs> not the top stuff, but the bottom. You got it. Yeah. How have you survived this long? Money. Money. Oh, <laughs> well, nice. We're not living in the 13th century. I don't have to hunt my food. I. That's amazing. I'm so happy that you have recognized we're not living in the 13th century. You would not survive. I'd have, I'd have, what uh, century outside of this one would you survive in? Um, I mean, can I be French royalty in like the 17th century? Yeah, you would do French royalty mm. really well. <laughs> or like the 18th century British. Clip my ones. toenails. Well, they're like vomiting because they have gout and they're eating all the fancy stuff. Max, this is really taking, I'm looking <laughs> at the clock and we're, 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 we're ready to get to the show. Dogs. We've got some people that we got to talk about today. We do have a new patron. So I want to start with the new patron. He right now is waiting to be buzzed in. Uh, buzzed in? Yeah. Because it's apparently a bank and I'm going to buzz him into the vault. Ready for the flyby. Let's do it. Sorry, Goose. But it's time to buzz the tower. 
take me to Patreon or lose me forever. <laughs> I think you used that. Have I used that one? <laughs> it's Damn good. it. It's good. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll have to check the check. Great the balls of fire. Yeah. Shit, shook my nerves and you rattle my brain. Something, something. Man insane. Man insane. You broke my will. Oh, what a thrill. Join our Patreon at Patreon.com. He's got Pete Davis eyes. No. No, none of that. Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower if you want to join the elite, the highest level, the French 12th century <laughs> bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie of podcasters. We have an amazing group of wingmen and wingwomen and co-pilots who have been supporting the show. I want to welcome a very special one this week who also happens to be our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight, but that's merely coincidental. Tony Huddleston Jr. Great name. Sounds Great like a baseball name. player. This guy, this guy. He knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. He is in at a Iceman, I believe. He is. Awesome. Rock and roll. So to Tony and all of our other patrons, I want to just tell you, and Max wants to add, thank you. Hey, Tony. Thanks. Uh, Saunders. Thanks. Good morning. What? Thanks. Todd. Thanks. Brandon. Thank you for, uh, well, thank you. Oh, man, it's always exciting. Always exciting to talk patron. Yes, it is. Patron, Patreon, so many names. I think, I think so Patron, the alcohol. Patron, that's really good. It's difficult to pour. Why do they make it like such a round bottle? Because it's meant to be drank from the bottle. Is it? No. <laughs> that sounds dangerous. I've done it. That's right. I am <laughs> dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> little sneak peek of what's coming up in a few weeks. Max, I want to start with friend of the show, friend of the Max, friend of the Mo, Graham Elliott celebrity chef graham is one of the first legit public figures that kind of reached out to max and i he liked some stuff on our instagram page yep. and he had checkered vans in one of his pictures i was like this guy this gets guy it. He, it's it's really interesting because you just never know what you're gonna get life's like a box of chocolates i've been told Jenny. and we were so fortunate to connect with him early in the podcast because he energized the two of us with just such sincere kind feedback and we had him on the show twice he is the only guest that we've had on the show twice. Yeah. Other than, unfortunately, you. And I... <laughs> Shut up. Thank you. Pete Davidson. So Graham, along with his best friend, Michael Furno, uh, who, again, Graham is the chef, and Michael has done production work, writing, directing. The two of them came together, and they hatched this crazy brainchild called Pop Chef. Good name. With, with Graham Elliott. It is so fun. If you like our show... Please check out Graham Elliott's new podcast with Michael, Pop Chef. It is pop culture juicy. We had the honor of listening to some of their episodes that have not been released yet, but I'll speak just to the one that has been, which is The Appetite for Destruction with Mike Klink. So if you love Guns N' Roses, which you most likely do if you love our podcast, because it's 80s up, up the wazoo, they do everything. They talk about the culture, they talk about the era, and then they put together a dish that's inspired by that pop culture. So it's great stuff. Huge, huge, huge love their way. So please, Buzz in the Tower fans and friends, go check them out. I additionally want to bring up one last thing. Max, very rarely am I blown away. I mean, legit blown away from acts of kindness and or relationships that we have with people. And in the mail, we received, how do I even explain this? It is the most... Your Nana sent you a <laughs> like gift a, a gift basket at filled, college. Like at college yeah. with cookies and quiche and hearty food and like lemon bars. Baked goods and pie. And it's just it, it's handwritten incredible. notes. Incre and a handwritten note. I, I am such a fan of the handwritten note. She wrote it in cursive. I well it took me a little to read it because I am illiterate, but I, I saw that. It took you a while. <laughs> I don't know because I'm I'm Max, I am I'm having a lot Readings? of problems. Reading is not my okay. strong suit. Good to know. The gift was sent to us by Katrina 
and Anna. And Katrina and Anna are sisters, but they're more than sisters. They are the co-hosts of a podcast called Split Happens, which is, by the way, very clever. Yeah. Split Happens podcast. Are they are, are do, I, do I do I dare say they are the feminine version of Mo and Max? Sure. Why not? That could be an insult. I no. feel like they're better than us. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. I know. Well, better don't, than you. I take them. either of them over you. They're fantastic. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. So... Let me just, I just want to, I just want to read you a couple, just a couple of the episodes they've done. The Untouchables, Spaceballs, Care Bears, the movie, number two, not number one, Bridesmaids, Blade. Yeah. And the, the way they do it is so creative. You know how I'm always making rules on the fly and sometimes they are not that great and you hate them. I hate them all. They have a, <laughs> they have a consistent set of rules. They force one another to either be the pro or the con. So one of them has to give nothing but why they don't like it or why it didn't work. And the other has to be the supporter of it. And you get this incredible banter. And this might be one of my favorite podcasts outside of Buzz in the Tower. Because, you know, I, I listen to my own voice every night to go to sleep. That's I know. How I, it's really it helps weird. me, soothes me at night. <laughs> so to Katrina and Anna, beyond appreciative for the gift that you sent us. You're both wonderful. We love your podcast. And Buzz in the Tower listeners, please check out Split Happens Pod. Yeah. Max, anything you want to add as you are the pioneer of friendship? When you say, can't say the word friendship without Max Sanders. They're just awesome. I mean, I just read Good work, out. Max. I no, just, great, no, great work. You did. You nailed it. You just gave like a heartfelt the whole thing. I'm not going to try to You have a heart? You. Speak. Speak from the heart. Beep boop. That's all I got. <laughs> Need input. <laughs> input. They're great. Uh, give, me, give me yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I was going to go, yeah. Oh, you, we could do that too? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Is that the best? Do you think Split Happens could get a little bit better gold bloom? Yes, yes, yes. And a little grrr at the end. There, had a guy, had a guy. <laughs> Split Happens pod, check him out. Max, that does it for all the nice warm fuzzies. Let's get to the episode. More warm fuzzies. I have no more warm fuzzies. It's dogs. You've sucked. Do you bongo uh, pat your dogs on the back? I do everything. Okay. I literally sing more songs to my dog than I do oh, on yeah. this podcast. Do you do big stretch every time they oh, stretch? Oh, big, good boy. Yeah. He's a good boy. He's a big girl. He's a big girl. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So dogs are the most wonderful things in the world. We don't deserve dogs. Yeah. Ricky Gervais, who's like the meanest person on the face of the earth, yeah. does nothing but love dogs. Yeah. He should be the period mark on dogs are great. Yeah. I, I've always believed that there are two types of people in the world. And I, I'll expand on this a little bit. I think if you love cats or if you love goats or if there's some animal that you love, I'll put you in the category. We're talking about dogs today, but if you don't love animals, mm. then you're probably murdering people on the weekend. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Like you have to be insecticide. Real, yeah. No there's insects. something, something wrong with you. Something very wrong <laughs> with you in order to not love roughers. Or you had a bad experience. Yeah, kidding. but I agree. And that's fair. And having a fear of them is different than not liking them. So yeah. I, I, I can understand that. So eighties movies, dogs, you and I sat down. We started just kind of chatting about this. This is another from straight from the vault of Max Sanders' brain. You, I've been trying for a while. It's you, you nailed the cops one. People like the cops yeah. one, so I'm giving you another one. Cop there, dogs. Can we do that too? There are great cop dogs out there. I watched K Nine the other day. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, John Belushi. It's like I don't know. He's the, just he's so over the top. I know. I know. The so the tough part about. Cop, cop dogs. Now you have cop dogs. Cop dogs. Oh, cop dog. Cop dog. What you want? What you want to do? Um, it's like a Rick and Morty show. It is a good interdimensional. It's interdimensional cable. I was just thinking about that. Cop dog. He's part cop. I'm He's getting too cop. old for this leash. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your milk bone and your badge. Who's been a bad boy? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, this is great. All right, so today you and I 
have created independent lists yep. of our favorite dogs in 80s movies. Five each. Five each. And we sent those lists off to an independent third auditor to make sure we didn't have crossover. Yep. We had to change a couple due to crossover, but when we sent it to that independent third person, it makes it so we really don't know what we got, which is good. I don't know what you got. You don't know what I got. So this is, a, there are no rules. There's nothing. It's literally just you and well, I. They have to be dogs. It's, <laughs> God knows what's on your list. We just have to, if you put barf from Spaceballs on your list, that's the only rule that you could violate. No. Not Good. Any, not anymore. <laughs> I love barf. Yeah. I love barf. Yeah. He's not a dog. He's half dog. He's not a dog. He's half dog. But he's not a dog, Max. Okay. What about Robo Dogs? No. Okay. But what Robo Dogs are in 80s movies? Is there an Optus Prime? Or like a Transformer. Have you ever dog? watched Transformers the movie? There's sharks. And not Transformers. Yeah, but that's, there's not dogs. I was, if there's sharks, there could be dogs. I don't know. That movie's crazy. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Are you sure? There's so much going on, it's hard to tell. All right, Max. It could be dogs Just in the relax. Okay. Just relax. Just relax. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a Scooby snack and you can make it through the rest of this episode without saying something insane. The shot or like an actual dog treat? Oh, that's right. At the bar, you have a shot called the Scooby snack. <sighs> All right, Max. Can we get to the episode? Get into the episode. Mellow. So we there aren't really any rules. We'll go back and forth and we'll... I have to tell you, for me, super emotional episode rivals the emotions I have on our Mother's Day episode because some of these movies are just... They're gut-wrenching for me, but... For me, not so much. Well, you don't have feelings. Yeah. You're you're a sick, cold human being. All right, Max, I am 99% sure you have never seen this movie. I don't even know if you've heard of this movie because we've never talked about this movie, but this is one of those classic, I, I saw this when I was a kid. Um, it was very emotional for me and okay. I, I loved it, but I don't, I don't know. We're going to find out. Hit me. 1987 G-rated movie. I'm going to give ratings on some yeah. of these. I think it's important. Benji the Hunted. No. Not familiar? I know. The, the sequel to Benji, which was a 70s I know, movie. I know Benji. And didn't Benji have a TV show too? He did. Yeah. After, uh, long after this. Yeah. Benji the Hunted, uh, directed and written by Joe Camp. And uh, Max, all you need to know about this movie is what I will tell you in the synopsis. It sounds kind of ominous. It's amazing. So there's this dog. His name is Benji. I, I got that. Okay, good. I just wanted to make what sure. What kind of dog? What's he look like? He was 100% mutt. He was a mix of a cocker spaniel, a schnauzer, and a poodle. All right, you lost me already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's the best dog ever. Uh, he is lost at sea. That's how the movie. Oh, no. The movie opens with a castaway a, status. It's it, close. There's literally a there's Wilson. A, there's a reporter uh, who's like you know famed dog Benji lost at sea. His trainer slash owner wears like a big sailor's hat, big heavy dude, which was his actual real trip. We'll talk about this. It was his real no. It's, Popeye wasn't heavy. I'll, I was thinking of uh, the big guy who uh, Pluto. Yeah, <laughs> the big guy. Can I get back to this movie, please? No. Thank you. Um, so he's lost at sea and he winds up in the wilderness of Oregon and he's got to fend for himself. There's literally six lines of dialogue in the entire movie, just so you know. So he's not like internal brain nope. in it? Like no, no, there's, there's no voiceovers. This is Weird. literally just Benji in the wild. Okay. This movie in classic, horrific, painful children's movie style starts off with a mountain lion being shot by a hunter. Oh, no. And Benji approaches the mountain lion and like licks the wound of the mountain oh. lion and feels bad for the mountain lion. And then shortly after discovers that this mountain lion has orphaned, I think, three or four mountain lion cubs. Yep. And the entire movie is Benji taking care of these cubs, trying to find another mountain lion to take care of the cubs. When his uh, owner slash trainer is in a helicopter, Benji hides from the helicopter because he knows his work isn't done. Yep. And it is nothing short of the most adorable thing in the world. 
Weird. This he, is a strange movie. He has to go up against a wolf, which wasn't really a wolf. It was like a German shepherd mix. But in the movie, it's supposed to be a wolf. He's got to go up against a bear. He's got to deal with this hunter. What's he do against the bear? Uh, a lot of barking. Okay. There's definitely some barking <laughs> involved. Um, but this movie, is it's really interesting because this is one of those movies that having to rewatch it because of this episode, I was just bawling. Mm-hmm. Couldn't stop crying. I wonder if part of it was just I remember this being why I wanted a dog. Yeah. Like, I just loved seeing Benji, and I loved watching this movie as a small child. And I like that there's no talking in it. It was very... I used to watch all those, like, Disney, you know, movies. Fantasia. Yeah, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. I love that. So, okay, cool. Um, I learned something. I'm going to watch this movie. Let me let me tell you a few things. Benji, the original Benji, yep. was not in this movie. He's dead? No. Oh. I don't know if he was dead. It's possible, because okay. the original Benji was, like, 76. Yeah. So it could be. But Benji's direct descendant daughter, Benjean, played the role of Benji. Oh, that's nice. I thought you'd like that. I like that. This is one of my favorite facts about this movie. Siskel and Ebert, this movie came out the same time as Full Metal Jacket. And I guess Ebert. How do those have anything to do I, with each other? Hold on, I'm going to tell you. So I think Ebert gave like a thumb down to Full, not a thumb down. He was, he was lukewarm about Full Metal Jacket. So Siskel claimed that Ebert liked Benji the Hunted more than Full Metal Jacket. And he would make fun of this constantly. And I guess like it came up years later too with some other movies. Like, oh, well, I guess you like, this is, this <laughs> yeah. is really something you and I would do, right? Yeah, yeah. Like this is how you are with Howard the Duck. Yeah. Like, oh, so you like Howard the <laughs> Duck more than. I love it. I know. Ebert has a lot of misses. Right. Yeah. The wolf was actually, um, Portrayed by Dimitri. He was a German Shepherd, Alexander Acapelago wolf hybrid. Hmm. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, this animal trainer, I didn't know this. I remember the guy, he had a look to him like Colonel Sanders. You know, like he just had this weird. Did he have a white suit? Yeah, he's got over the top look. He, he's a very eccentric dude. He was a famed animal trainer and apparently. He was legendary in the industry. He had something like 40 Patsy Awards, which is like the Oscars for animal training. And I guess he was just like the man. Cool. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool. You went deep on Benji. I thought it was important to know. Yeah. So there you go. Other than that, Max, I just love it. Again, I told you the movie finds these babies. There's lots of other animals, like little baby deers and raccoons. It's really incredible how he gets them to interact with all these different animals. Mm. Like that's part of what I find amazing about this. The hunter at one point captures Benji and he is on a rope and he gets away. He's stealing pheasants and bringing them to these little cubs. And it's adorable. It's it's just flat out adorable. Good job. That's Benji the hunted. Yeah. A plus. Seriously. I appreciate that. And that turns it over to you uh i'm gonna start calling you what's the guy's name again frank uh frank in you're my frank in i'm Colonel eccentric, eccentric dog trainer <laughs> that'll frank be my inn. new business card there you go <laughs> with the name frank in. i love it that'd be weird i went more traditional i went grunt from flash dance he's just a good boy he is such a good boy so back with then, his big bow on him at the end of the movie yeah so he's a pit bull terrier named jumbo red great name by the way he also appeared in many tv commercials and magazine ads so i love that alex owens as a dancer it's just this little petite woman, and she's this giant dog. And I'm not going to lie. It's kind of a turn on to me. <laughs> I just petite, petite I, women controlling large dogs. I just I want you to know that this, or, is, or this, women is, in this is borderline one of the weirdest things you've ever said. I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. But the cut of what you said is I'm turned on by petite women <laughs> who control large dogs. Moving on. Yeah, I know. So, it's great. Great stuff, Max. So the movie is based on Marine Martyr's real life, mm-hmm. and she was a welder slash dancer in Toronto. Oh, I, she was. Yeah. Just a steel town <laughs> girl. <laughs> <laughs> on the night of her life. But I wonder if she had a, a grunt-like dog. I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, I want to know. I, I mean, I'm sure. Look into it. Yeah. But I mean, like, when Alex comes home, he's patiently waiting. He's got a big old smile. He follows her loyally. And he, like, he, she hangs her towel around him. It's just very cute. At the very end, when Nick is waiting for her after the dance. Uh, oh, and he's got the bow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he puts his paw yeah. up, too. And do, you, do, you know what the, do you know what the dog kind of reminds me of? And it's also interesting, because I don't know that I even thought of this dog when we were doing this episode. 
uh, Buckus, Rocky's dog. Oh, yeah. Now, I initially dismissed Buckus because he's more prominent in Rocky 1 and Rocky 2. Is he even in? That's what I was just about to say. I don't, I don't think, so. think he was in 3, which is too bad. Buckus is one of my favorite dogs. Yeah. Especially. That Sly paid 25 grand for him. When you know the story that Sly was so broke, he couldn't feed Buckus, and he had to get rid of him, and then he landed Rocky, got Buckus back, and that's kind of also a little bit of the story that took place in the movie, which I think is so wonderful. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really dogs good. Dogs are the best. And yeah. also, when they're on the floor together, when she's having a lousy time, and they're just snout to snout, I just like that. I like that. I do that oh, with my we, Oh, we know you like that. My, do- my dogs do that. Too. Yeah, yeah, no, we know you like that. Quiet. Jennifer Beals. I mean, come on. <laughs> Weirdo. What? Nothing, nothing. You're just, you're weird. All right. Are we ready to move on to my next pick? Yes, I've taken my sweater off. <laughs> good. Good. My leg warmers. So I, this movie has been coming up a lot recently, which is exciting for me. Uh, the 1986 fantasy film Labyrinth, directed by Jim Henson, written by Jim Henson. You know how I feel about this movie. We did a whole episode on this movie because I basically held you at gunpoint and told you that we had to. <laughs> but the old English sheepdog, which was used to play Sarah's pet Merlin, is one of my favorite 80s dogs. I also think part of this, and we I actually think we talked about this on the Labyrinth episode. Um, I, I, do I even need to give a recap of Labyrinth? I gave a recap of Benji the Hunted. David Bowie kidnaps a small child. Yes, and dances violently with that child and <laughs> scars it for life. Yep, Toby. <laughs> Merlin is Sarah's dog. And when Sarah goes into the land of goblins, Merlin turns into Ambrosius. Ambrosius. Ambrosius is the trusty steed of Sir Didymus. I love when things that shouldn't be riding dogs ride dogs. That's kind of incredible. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably where it gets me the most. And I just, the personality of this dog, which I recognize is mostly when it's puppet based and yeah. not actual, but that Ambrosius is a coward. But even when Merlin comes home soaking wet after yeah. the beginning of the movie, go to the barn, just like, a big old sheep dog. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not turned on by this. Like you would be with like a woman and a large dog, but for me, it's still fun to talk about. How do they see? I, right? Because you don't see the eyes. Uh, you don't see the eyes. What's going on? I don't know. They yeah. don't see well, I would assume. Uh, <laughs> but that that dog, I just love that dog. And I, it always makes me think of, I know two totally different dogs, because I think this was a Newfin, uh, Peter Pan. Yep, the it's nan- a Newfie. It's a Newfie. But there's something about those like big family protecting dogs yep. that I just, they get me every time. They, they pull the heartstrings. And I love that dog in this movie. So when I was picking my list, a lot of mine are the dog is the lead in the movie. Yep. This is one of the few ones where they're not. But I can't imagine this movie without Ambrosius, and that's why I picked this as one of my favorite 80s movie dogs. So it does humanize Jennifer Connelly's character, too, because she's a stinker otherwise. Oh, Max, why do you hate her in this movie? You hate this movie. <laughs> I've tried so hard to get you to like this movie, and you won't do it. It's bananas! Do you remember when I forbid you to use the word bananas? Yeah. What episode was it when you said bananas like 15 times? I mean, way back when. Was it banana <laughs> in the tailpipe? <laughs> it's dragon fruit. Dragon fruit in the tailpipe. Suck on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not for the dragon fruit in the tailpipe. Okay, all right. Max, uh, that is my second choice. Are we ready to go to your second choice? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Speaking of Lost Boys, I mean, no, speaking of Peter Pan. <laughs> no, I like that. Speaking of Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. <laughs> oh, I know what dog you're going for. Nanook. Nanook. Isn't that a great name? It's a great name. So I was like, I remember this name for some reason. Remember the original Beanie Babies in like the mid-90s? Oh, those became huge collectors and people were making like hundreds of thousands. That was Bitcoin before there was Bitcoin. Yeah. Was Beanie Babies. And they had a husky, and it was named Nanook. Oh, and it's got it's got to be because of this, you right? Think? Yeah, I guess makes although, sense. Although they got the kind of dog wrong, and that frustrated me because this is an Alaskan Malamute, which is very different than a husky. They're bigger. They're like kind of more majestic. This one was named Cody. He was also Spirit in 1997's Legend of the Spirit Dog. Have you seen that movie? No. Neither have I. <laughs> I mean, it's a ridiculous Just checking. Name. It belongs to Sam Emerson, played by Corey Ham. Mm, delicious mm, ham. Delicious ham. <laughs> but I just love how protective he is over Sam, because Sam's brother, Michael, turned into a half vampire. Yeah. 
And I love any movie that makes the dog know the supernatural. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. That dogs have that, like... Yeah. So it's funny, because it's cats that do this, too. But I see it more with dogs. That they have that... Uh, connection to the spirit, spirit world, world. Yeah. yeah i do like when that when movies do that well i am convinced cats at like 3 a.m when they're just running around they're seeing stuff we aren't yeah for you know sure. I mean? there's got to sure. be something going on yeah <laughs> you don't believe me do not you? at all okay not at all but i love the protection and also uh, it's a nod to peter pan that he bites michael's hand because hook he, yeah exactly so TikTok, they talk yeah talk the yeah. croc yes that are you sure about that that's I've never they, heard that before. That's what it said on IMDb. Oh, and and I, I'm, IMDb doesn't lie. And also, Nanook is a derivative from Nana, the newfie in Peter Pan. In Peter so Pan. they took the three first letters. Oh. Yeah, right? Isn't that good? Spicy. Also, Nanook pushes Paul, the machine gun Kelly-looking vampire, into the water and has like the explodey death. Pete Davison? Yeah. No. Machine gun Kelly. <laughs> Different. <laughs> but, I mean, just he's a, just a good boy. And he just I like that he's protecting Sam in the uh, tub. He's just hanging out with him. He's a good car dog, too. Yeah. I, I judge the carness of him. Yeah, yeah. How's your dog in the car? Super. He yeah. sits in the front seat. It's too, totally chill. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good, like, car dogs, it's important. They need to be good in the car. Vader is just small enough so he fits well yeah. i feel like he's a little bit bigger his feet would like overhang and he'd be uncomfortable nice he's not a small dog he's a medium-sized dog but he's probably on like the smaller side of a medium-sized dog i like it i like big o's I, we yeah. know yeah, We've yeah. discussed <laughs> what your likes are a lot yeah but uh i mean he's just a good dog and that's all i got because dogs well i think nanook would agree that it's a great time right now to break for a word from our sponsors Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dobie Real Estate. You can find them at wearedobie.com when you are purchasing a house. What is the single most important thing? A yard. You got it. You got to have that backyard. Yeah. So you can let your roughers, your doggos get out there and just run the yard. Yeah. That. It's glorious. Dobie is here to make sure that you and your four-legged friends get into the right house. If you had enough money, would you just get like a giant piece of property and have like 100, 20 dollars? I love it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Dobie Real Estate is the premier real estate provider for Southeast Michigan. They have tons of listings. They are here to help you sell or purchase a home. It is incredibly important in this kind of environment to have the right group with you. They're a family first business, amazing marketing department, amazing agents, 400 million in sales in 2021, a thousand homes sold. Reach out to Dobie, tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. I'm telling you right now, you and your dog will be very happy. If you don't have a dog and you have a cat, you'll be happy to. If you have a cat and you just have like a hedgehog, Call them Sonic. Move in. You're going to be great. So start your relationship today with Dobie and they will make sure you get into the right house or help you sell yours. All right, Max, we each got two roughers down and we each have three to go. Yeah. So let's talk puppy, toe beans. puppy chow. Toe beans. I love toe <laughs> you beans. You love toe beans. You do like them too. Yeah. Do. yeah. Super little roughers. Do you pick the crusty out of their eyes? I yeah. Love, I love that. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to do. I'm trying to think like Vader and Vader is a bad dog. Yeah. And he like loves sleeping in bed. Va- uh, Gonzo would never sleep in bed with us, but mm. uh, Vader loves sleeping in bed. I love it. He lays like a human being in between Trish and I. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's kind of weird. My dogs don't get in my bed. No. Yeah. Well, they, there's not enough room. But when I pick the goop out of their eyes, I go, that's your brain. And then they lick it up. <laughs> oh God, that's fine. Everyone does that. Okay. Anyways, weird. Uh, all right. I'm up. Uh, <laughs> man, I love these three movies. All right. Let's start with. The 1986, I don't even call, I I guess technically it would be a remake because the original version was Japanese. Okay. But then it was dubbed and released in the United States. The Adventure of Milo and Otis. I haven't seen this yet. Max, this is a great movie and it is, if you're not a Dudley Moore guy, 
and some people aren't. Yeah. I like Arthur. This will make you a Dudley Moore guy. Yeah. His, I mean, this is basically a one man show. It's his voice. The entire movie is him doing all the different voices. It's almost like he's reading a children's story. Oh, cool. And it is, it is spectacular. It's it a is, pug, right? Yeah. It's a pug and a little orange tabby cat. Nice. It's got, um, a little bit of like Charlotte's web babe in the city feel to it. All these animals are born on a barn. Homeward Bound, it's the adventure, yeah. but it's a friendship, right? And more than anything else, it's a friendship. So we start off with Dudley Moore doing this voiceover of, you know, everyone is asleep in the barn, everyone's quiet, and they hear this rustling, and what's the rustling? And it's this cat giving birth to these kittens. And this is when Milo is born. Milo meets, and Milo's brothers and sisters meet, the barn puppies, these pug puppies. And Milo and Otis meet each other and become the best of friends. Aww. And they adore each other and Milo this cat gets into all these mishaps and adventures and you know strays from his mom falls in a river and basically is swept away so on this adventure I think the part that's kind of fun for me is that there are so many different types of animals it's not just barn animals you start with barn animals and Mm -hmm. then there's a crab there's a lobster nice Otis the pug rides a sea turtle Ooh, that's fun. And all of these are real animals. There's no puppetry. They're all actual animals. How do you control a crab? Well, unfortunately, that's kind of the bad part of the story. (laughs) Let me tell you, like, I usually love researching movies. Yeah. And I wish I had never researched anything about this movie because apparently it is exceptionally controversial because the original film, the the Japanese film, Mm. they had to cut a lot out where it was, like, very obvious the animals were being hurt and it was, like, not okay. Oh, my God. And I guess it's a very controversial take on this entire movie that the... Left turn. If, if you watch the movie, there are some scenes where you're like, oh, how did they, like a cattle they prod. do that? Yeah, it's, it's not like, it doesn't seem like the safest environment for animals. With that being said, though, it's really, really cute. It's magical. It's magical and adorable <laughs> and super cute. And so they go through this big adventure and they finally find each other. Milo uh, escapes. I mean, everything from like bears to, I mean, it's every animal you could think of is in this movie. Like, no joke. There's ferrets a at gorilla. one point. No gorilla. I probably couldn't tame the gorilla, <laughs> but everything else they could tame somehow. <laughs> So Milo gets up in a tree and there's a snake in the tree, falls out of the tree into a pit and and he doesn't know what to do. And then Otis shows up and they're so excited. And Otis gets this rope and drops it down there. And this is all real animals. You're watching them do. It's incredible. I'm surprised the pug could do any of that. I, right. Yeah. It's really amazing. So do you believe the pug. I, it's it's all believable. You believe everything that's going on. Like and until you find out that these animals were probably <laughs> tortured to make this movie. But other than that, it's really great. So. They then take off and, you know, the, the winter's coming and they don't know what to do. So while they're going through all this, uh, they come across a cat, another cat, a female cat. And it's kind of sweet because it speaks to this bromance. Like they're they're the original bromance. Milo yeah. Otis, they're out there in the wilderness. But then this female, the Yoko Ono of cats shows oh, up yeah. and Otis decides to go his own way. Oh, but man. then Otis finds a female pug and then they both go their separate ways and then they both impregnate their partners <laughs> and the cat has kittens and the dog has puppies and Otis can't find any food. It's the middle of winter and he's got to take care of his family and he's searching and he finds this house and who's in the house? Milo. Oh, Milo okay. hooks it up with some fish on a rope, climbs up there, cuts it down for him. These are all real animals doing this. You're and, telling the whole movie. And they make a promise to each other. Max. The they, t- they make a special promise to each other to meet up in the spring 
and have all their families reunite. <laughs> and that's and that's how and that's how this movie ends in the spring. And you hear like the little cat being like, "That's your uncle Otis," and "That's your uncle Milo," and it's it's really adorable. You just went whole movie. I'm sorry. I love this movie. It's <laughs> okay. adorable. It's okay. adorable. Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know that you need to know this, but Joyce is the cat that that Milo falls in love with. I and, didn't. Uh, know yeah, that. And Sandra, Sandra, not Sandra. All right. This it's is important enough. to know that is the dog that Otis falls in love with. There you uh, go. The, We're done. the name of this movie was originally Koniko Monogatari, which means a kitten story. Oh, so that's a good name. Milo and Otis is fun, though. I like Milo and Otis. Yeah. So that is my. This is also my favorite Dudley Moore movie. What? I, Arthur? I even. I even. Nope. Forget Arthur. Forget Arthur. Arthur's better. Uh, I'm not a big Arthur guy. <laughs> You don't like drunk billionaires as being silly? No, that's not my thing. No, it's I, I like Milo and Otis. Okay. Max, sorry, I was a little long-winded on that one, but it really I, needed to be the story that needed to be told. Tickled your soul. All right, Max, you are up. For a multitude of reasons, this is my favorite doggo of the 1980s, possibly ever. You didn't keep him for last? Why do you always do that? I like to keep you on your toes. All right, hit me. I'm going Quincy from Fatal Attraction. You, Fatal Attraction, of all the movies that we've watched since we started Life doing lessons. this, eight, Fatal Attraction, it really struck a chord with you. Yeah. Just like, like, it just changed you. Yeah. Don't don't cheat on your spouse. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Because <laughs> you'll get battery acid on your car. Oh, there's man. dead bunnies. That is a good roughers in that movie. Yeah. So, I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen it, Michael Douglas has a perfect life with his wife, his beautiful daughter. And he cheats with crazy Alex Forrest, played by Glenn Close, and everything. I will not be ignored, Max. <laughs> it's so creepy. And everything goes awry. I mean, like, literally everything. Yeah. So I think Quincy, who's a male yellow Labrador retriever, first of all, perfect dog perfect for, like, dog. for like the uptown. American family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of, he's a little chunky. He's got, like, that big smile face, and he's got the nice sausage body where he's kind of, like, kind of chonking around. Mm-hmm. He's a chonker. Yeah. He's thick. <laughs> Like a bowl of oatmeal. Why are you so weird? <laughs> you know, I sat here the whole time while you were going down this path, and I didn't say a word, hoping that you would take yourself out of it. And then, nope, nope. nope. Dug deeper. Played by an actual dog named Quincy. He was played by an actual dog. <laughs> <laughs> Made from real dog. One hundred percent real dog. And he lived in rural New Jersey with his owner and breeders till he passed in 1996 at the ripe age of 15.5 years. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. That's good stuff. And director Adrian Lyon purchased a female puppy who was the daughter of Quincy Ooh. for his family. So, like I said, America's dog. And they leave him sometimes for like a day or two, and he's just fine. He just yeah. comes to the door. He's happy. I don't like that. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I know it's bad ownership, but, I mean, he's just a good boy. Yeah. Doesn't destroy anything. Yeah, yeah. He gets spaghetti. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> But I will argue that Quincy is at the crux of what makes Alex Forrest snap and, like, go crazy. Really? So listen to me here. So uh, Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. He's aggressive. <laughs> when Dan cheats, it's a normal movie. People cheat. You know sure. what I mean? Like, you sure. have an affair. Sure. You feel something in your loins. You go for it. Sure. Yeah. You feel something. <laughs> We're a PG show. You, you should be a <laughs> marriage counselor. You feel something in your loins. You know what that felt like? Are we that, not in the safe that place? Felt, no, the... that felt like when Frank the Tank went to marriage counseling. I just said, are we not in the safe place with the oh, tree? Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I missed that. I wow, missed that. Sorry. Jerk. Oh, geez. Sorry. Go ahead. Fine. He has an affair. No big deal. When he goes with Alex on a perfect sunny day in Central Park with Quincy to romp around, play with the tennis ball, he fakes a heart attack as like a kind of a joking thing, and they're just having fun together as a family. If my girlfriend cheated on me with someone that would be less offensive than taking my dogs out with that person to romp around with a tennis ball in the park i would lose this got you i would file civil suits i would call the cops you know what i love about you what you're you're tough enough to get upset but then you like at the end of you're getting upset you're like i would call my dad i would file a lawsuit like it's okay we're talking about fatal attraction you'd kill the bunny no you'd kill the bunny no 
Well, I do like rabbit. You do. It tastes good. Weird. Yeah. Great pick. Love it. Good, good. It's a good rougher. good boy. All right, Max, back to me. Uh, we're down to our last two. <laughs> me. I love me some me. Uh, my last two. Oh, man, I love these movies. The 1981 Disney classic, The Fox and the Hound. Ooh. I love The Fox and the Hound. I'm going to watch it this week. You need to for a host of reasons. The part of this is kind of cool. There's a lot of this that's kind of cool. Oh boy! No, I, I'm yeah, because yeah, you know, you know Welcome how I get. Welcome to Motion Heroes you, Lecture. You know on how I get. You know, we got Please Mick, take your syllabus. We got Mickey Rooney. We got Kurt Russell. The story. I'll give you the short version of the story because I know you're just gonna get mad at me if I go into a, a long synopsis. Like every good Disney movie, it starts off with catastrophic death to the parent of a child. <laughs> it's that like is weird. It's yeah. so weird. So at the beginning of this movie, this little fox is hopping and romping around the yard at this barn. It's got a baby fox in her mouth. I assume it's the mother because that's Disney style is to murder the mother. And you hear that was just 85 words to be like, there's a mother fox and her, his daughter. <laughs> Sorry, son. I'm passionate about what this. is going on. Just <laughs> I'm going to get emotional bullet, bullet points. Fine. Hunter howling <laughs> hound dogs. Yes. Fox killed. I'm into it. Do, do caveman. Owl. <laughs> owl. Yes. There's this beautiful owl and the owl protects the baby foxes. We got to find somewhere to take care of you. So with the help of a couple other animals, a woodpecker, they go to this woman's house. They bang on the door and they steal some of her britches that were hanging up on a clothesline to get her attention. Okay. And she finds this baby fox who she names Todd and she raises. Okay. Yep. The hunter has one dog already. Brings home a puppy, a hound dog. Name, what's the hound dog's name, Max? Copper. There, at a girl. At <laughs> a girl. You have these parallel stories going on. You have this woman who's raising this abandoned baby fox named Todd, and you have the the hunt. He's not even a hunter. He's just some gruff old dude who's got some acreage. He's a hunter, I guess. So, and then there's another dog as well. They meet and find each other and create the most unlikely friendship that you could think of a hound dog and a fox. These are natural enemies. This is like a shark and a bear. Not, they're not. (laughs) Thanks. I needed that. You glitched me out. You glitched me out. Good. Sharks don't have shark and a bear. Sharks and dolphins. Well, no dolphins beat up sharks. No, we'll go shark and bear. Okay. Shark and bear. The story of friendship. (laughs) Jeez. I can't even, I don't even know know where my head's at. I don't even know where my head's at. That's not a bear. Oh, Max. There is an adorable line that we did at the beginning of the show about friendship where they basically just love each other and we'll be friends forever, won't we? So Copper goes off and hunts during the winter. And while this is going on, you know, pets, they grow pretty fast. So they both get bigger and all of a sudden they're basically adults Mm. or adolescents. Yeah, yeah. And Todd goes back to visit Copper and they're excited to see each other. But Copper now understands like what he is. And he's like, you can't come see me anymore. And then the other dog gets, you know, wise to the fact that he's there and wakes up. And there's a chase and the dog hurts his leg and this, that, and the other. I'm going quickly because you'll get mad at me if I do the whole movie. Well, shouldn't you be describing why you love Copper, not just the movie? Because like- you have to understand the movie to understand why I love Copper. Okay. First of all, he's a beautiful roughers. Big floppy ears. Yeah. He's a hound dog. He likes to howl. So that's what I want. I know that's what you want. <laughs> so. Essentially what happens is they're put in this position where they go from being best friends to like being enemies and they have to, Copper has to hunt him, like has to hunt him down. So he's hunting him down. And as he hunts him down, the hunter is attacked by a bear while this bear is trying to murder his owner. He hops in copper's like attacking him, biting him. And then copper gets thrown to the ground. And then Todd, who is escaping with his girlfriend, which I couldn't even tell you about their love story because you're rushing me through this, but that's fine. Todd hears the yelp of his best friend Copper and comes back and tries to save him. So he ends up saving him. And then at the very end of the movie, the hunter takes his shotgun out, sees Todd laying in the water 
and he's had enough of this fox who's been antagonizing him the whole movie. And Copper, limping from his recent attack, puts his body in front of the hunter's gun and basically is like, no, not on my watch, not to my best friend. And this movie is beautiful. And I love the dog in this movie because the loyalty of dogs, that's what you see the conflict with this character. Copper's loyalty to his best friend, Todd. Copper's loyalty to Chief, the older dog that was there before he got there. Um, and he struggles with that loyalty, but at the end he steps in and protects his friend, but he also earns the love of his master, his you know owner, because he saved him from the bear. And it's just a really beautiful story about friendship, right? That things change. You start off as fox pup and this puppy and they evolve into this beautiful friendship and it's classic, classic Disney. I just, I love it. I love everything about it. Yeah, I can tell because you spent 15 <laughs> minutes. So let me ask, if you're at dinner and someone's like, what do you think of the steak, Mo? You go, let me tell you about the steak. <laughs> was raised as a calf on a farm in Virginia. Could barely walk. Accurate. Yeah. Accurate. <laughs> Let me tell you about his adolescence. Here's the here's the problem. Here's the problem. You don't have emotions. So it's like you don't speak to when you actually care about something, you're just as bad as I am. You just don't care about anything. Tell me something you care about. My family. Okay. When you talk about your family, you get into the details. When you talk about your sister and what kind of parent she is, you will go on quite a while. For like just seconds. For you, that's a lot. You have a limited yeah. vocabulary. You can only go for so long. I just don't think anyone is that interesting to talk for more than 30 seconds. I guess that's why we have a podcast together. So you can talk and I don't. That makes, uh, I've worked it out in my head. No, no, now. it's fine. You know what? You my, know what? My therapist on Monday. Hey, no, no, it's this. cool. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. <laughs> we'll see how the next one goes. I am. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just give you the high I'm gonna level. I'm going to go caveman. Max, yeah. dog, pick. This this pick. Me That's like. great. Moving along. <laughs> Moving along. Come on. Keep it going. Keep the pace. All right. I am going. You're up. Please hurry up. No, you take. Actually, you take your time. You take your sweet damn time. It was the summer of 1947. <laughs> I had just met my first friend Bobby. Is this is this really your intro? No. Okay. Go to your. Go to your. <laughs> go to your. Go, you. Are you in your last? Is this your last pick? No, it's my second, second last. Sorry, right, I'm Jesus, sorry because you take the ones that take like four hours. I might are complicated. <laughs> A Disney movie. Man man cheat on woman. Man take dog park. Man mad. (laughs) Dog fox make friends. Dog save fox. The end. Don't you ever. Don't you ever diminish that film into that. I hate you so much. Just go. Just go. This is a movie we haven't talked about enough, and we love it. Summer School. Oh, oh, Wonder Mutt. Yeah, isn't that oh, great, man? Oh, great call. I got super excited doing the research It that I thought it was Mark Harmon's dog. Uh-huh. It's not. <laughs> it's a trained dog. I was like, no way. So I think this is the first one where it's not a main character dog, but he's in the poster. For you, it's the first one. For, no, for either of us. I'm saying a non-main character dog. Ambrosius wasn't a main character dog. Was he in the poster? Uh, for Labyrinth? Yeah. No. no. That's what I'm saying. Wonder Mutt was in the poster. Oh, I miss what you're saying. Got it. I got gotcha. you. Like, it's like him and Mark Homer. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, that makes me think that maybe in the original filming, the dog played more of a role and then just the way it got edited, cut it down more. <laughs> I should make a Photoshop of uh, Fatal Attraction with Quincy's face. Jesus. <laughs> <Just> spliced it. <laughs> uh, all right. Continue. Continue. Wonder Mutt. First off, German Shepherd. Like kind of a mutt, but like with soft ears. I'm going to talk about One Crazy Summer, what year it came out, paint, paint a little rosary, some picture. Why am I going to talk about One Crazy Fine, Summer? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Summer school. You know what I meant? Yeah. I hate you so much. <laughs> God, I hate you. Uh, I mean, it's basically a uh, slack, like man, boy, teacher, uh, Shoop. Shoop. <laughs> is, and it's a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. He's going to go on vacation. You know, by the way, you hit the nail on the head. How is it possible we have not talked about this movie more? This is the most 80s movie ever made. It's pretty good. I it's watched, really good. I watched The Toxic Avenger yesterday. That might be the most 80s movie oh, ever made. Jesus Christ, you're right. 
All right. Kirstie Alley. This is my favorite Kirstie Alley movie. What about the, Star Trek? Nope. Uh, my second Look favorite. Who's talking? Nope. Loverboy? No, that's really good. Loverboy, she's good. No, uh, Madhouse, 1990 movie with Kirstie Alley and John Larroquette. That might be my second favorite. I don't even know who that guy is. Okay. John Letterquette? Not Letterquette, Larroquette. Do you ever see, what's the court show with the bald bull guy? Night Court? Night Court. Oh. He was the attorney on Night Court. Oh, I, didn't, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, summer the, school. Yeah, the poster, the poster, Wonder Mutt's wearing shades. Yeah. Any dog He's a cool with dog. His shades. He's oh a my cool God. dog. He stops Shoop from making some serious, inappropriate decisions. With I, I love that teenager. Shoop feeds him peanut butter and jelly from the jar. Yep. And yep. he talks about his life with him. Yep. And at the very end, got the perfect sunset ending where Shoop and Kishti Alley are making out and Wonder Mutt just comes up and starts licking him. That wasn't part of the script. That was improvised. At the end, doesn't he his, finds his toy? His toy that yeah. disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not sure when it disappeared. I looked through the movie. I couldn't find when. Yeah. Like Shoop had thrown it, but yeah, it'd come back. Yeah, so yeah. But he's just a good dog. He is a good reference. Yeah, good pick, Max. Yeah, yeah. Good boy. Good job, Max. Good job. He's a good boy. Let Max me, is a good boy. Let me tell you about how the script got made. No, you keep it up. <laughs> I'm flying through my last one. My, the most important film ever made in film history. I'm about to go over it right now, and I'm going to fly through it. I lied. I'm uh, I'm going to take my time because I love this movie. It means too much to me. 1989, All Dogs Go to Heaven. It's in the title. Well, you can't keep a good dog down. The title describes the movie. No, you can't keep a good dog down. Let's make music together. Are you picking Charlie? Let's make sweet harmony. <laughs> it's, a, it's a jazzy song by a crocodile and Charlie. I hope you pick Carface. No, I'm not picking Carface. All Dogs Go to Heaven is another movie. This is right in line with how you feel about Labyrinth. You do not like the girl in this. You think she's flat. Yep, she is. And she's you're one nuts. Note. You're nuts. She's one note. She's based on Snow White. Did you know that? No. She kind of looks like Snow White. Got the eyes. Yeah, Got yeah. the eyes. So All Dogs Go to Heaven, you have to love it for above and beyond everything else, Don Bluth. Don Bluth is one of the most significant factors in animation film. Oh, Land Before yeah. Time, Secret of Nim, All Dogs Go to Heaven. I love who they got for this. I love all the facts about this. So I will give you a very brief synopsis of the let's, movie. Let's hear it. I don't know if you know this or not, but All Dogs Go to Heaven. Apparently. This movie takes place in the 30s in New Orleans, and Charlie, who's a good boy, he but he's not a good boy. Kind of a scammer. The part about this movie that's wild is it's really inappropriate. The casinos, they're getting dogs drunk. Like there's, there's like this, smoking. There's this underbelly that all these dogs exist in. So Charlie um, is being set up by his partner, Carface. He's killed by Scarface. Carface, sorry, now you got me saying it. And he goes up to heaven. He's at the pearly gates with a beautiful dog that's saying it's time to go to heaven. And he's like, no way. I need to evict my vengeance. So this is... <laughs> is basically the movie ghost except with dogs oh interesting right yeah and he goes back down and he learns that the reason that carface is winning all this money at the rat race you get it because they're rats yep. racing is that he found this little orphan girl classic disney as usual and this orphan girl can talk to animals so charlie gets the orphan girl takes her out of the care of carface which wasn't really that good a care and him and his little buddy itchy by the way their names in this are fantastic scratchy scratchy itchy bite 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 fight 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 the itchy and scratchy, scratchy show we love we love, we love, we love, we love. Itchy is voiced by Dom DeLuise and Charlie is voiced by Burt Reynolds. There's Easter eggs all over this movie about that. The chemistry they have is great. They agreed to sign on to do this as long as Bluth gave them space to do ad lib. Oh, and, and Bluth even said some of the stuff they came up with was way better than what the script was. I would imagine. Cannibal Run. They I love mean, each other. Yeah, they, they're great. The outtakes are better than the movie. <laughs> Cannibal Run's fantastic. Lonnie Anderson, who at the time was married to Burt Reynolds, is in this. She's Flo. But the thing, the reason I picked Charlie 
Charlie and I love Charlie is he's a scoundrel and he's yeah. he's everything you love about a dog and there's this journey he goes through of being a scoundrel to, to sacrificing himself and at the end of the movie because he sacrifices himself he gets to go up to heaven and we have a beautiful song it is gut-wrenchingly sad there are a lot of scenes and a lot of parts of this movie where you cry it's got the we're getting the gang together moment where the girl gets kidnapped at the end and she's in trouble and she's sick and itchy's running around saying we gotta help him and all the dogs howl throughout the 101 uh, Dalmatians the same yeah, thing yeah. happens yeah, where yeah. they're all like you know or the rescuers or all these classic Disney tropes of we should do a Disney tropes episode that'd be fun that'd be cool that'd be interesting Disney, interesting. Disney was not that strong in the 80s no they were not but they had a couple couple bangers. But we could always talk about the 90s. Not yet. Yeah, we could do it. We got 33,500 movies still left. It's a lot of movies. Yeah. All right, Max, let me get to the meat and potatoes, some some fun things. Prior to production, animator Gary Goldman had rescued a German Shepherd and adopted him, and that dog was named Bert, after Bert Reynolds. Oh, that's cool. And that was the inspiration to make Charlie a German Shepherd and also for them to go after Bert Reynolds to do this. So they had him in mind the whole time. Uh, there is a scene when Charlie goes up to heaven and they're going through the book. And they're looking through the book of his life where it basically says he's been a scoundrel. And there is a page that shows two dogs, which are um, Charlie's parents. Mm. And they are they look like dog versions of Burt Reynolds and Lonnie Anderson. And it says Burt and Lonnie. On oh, the that's cool. Little, little, little thing for you. This saddens me. Another fact I found out that saddens me. This actually saddened me because... I hated to know that they didn't have a great relationship, but Spielberg was on to executive produce this, but he, they're going to do it through Amblin, which is who did E.T. and a bunch of his other stuff. He left after the land before time because of the creative differences that him and Bluth had. So apparently they just couldn't work together and Bluth didn't like the fact that Spielberg's way or the highway and it just wasn't something you deal with. And I already mentioned this to you. Anna Marie's uh, likeness is built off of Snow White's from the 1937 Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, she got the hair too. Yes. I love Charlie in this. I love All Dogs Go to Heaven. I love the songs. It's a, you know, it's just a, I remember it came on TV right, right after Gonzo passed away and like an idiot, I watched it. I don't know why. And I bawled hysterically. But the part of this movie that probably for me is the best is that there's just these characters. Disney does a great job on this. And that's why most of mine are not real dogs. But Lady in the tram. I was gonna say you go very fantastic. I know, I know, but I go realistic. I know. Well, it's <laughs> ironic. But Charlie in this movie is just everything that you love about a mutt, a down and out mutt, right? Just scamp like behavior, but lovable. And at the end, when he sacrifices himself, it's just it's very Constantine, very uh <laughs> John Constantine. Yeah, remember how he sacrificed himself and tricked the devil? And that's he gave why the I, middle finger. Well, yeah. Charlie would have done that if it wasn't rated <laughs> PG or G or whatever it was. Max, I got nothing else. That's my last one. I love all dogs go to heaven. We're we're back to you. I hope I tighten that up for you. I didn't want to drag it on as long as the others. It was better. I hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you so much. I'm going Jerry Lee from K-9. No, I'm not. It's terrible. It's terrible. a bad movie. Well, you know what? Uh, before you do your last one, can I throw out the honorable mentions? Yes. If I accidentally say what yours is, let me know, but I'm pretty sure you didn't do these. You mentioned Jerry Lee from K-9. We're not doing him. Nope. Um, how about Sandy from Annie? Oh, that's a good one. We could have done that one. Do you? I'm just making sure if that's not yours. We already got a mop dog. Here's one I can't believe we didn't. I shouldn't say I can't believe that. I know why we didn't do this. I love this dog, but it's just not strong enough for the role. But I mentioned it in the intro. Einstein. Einstein from Back to the Future. Cujo from Cujo. Barney from Cujo's Gremlins. Hard. Cujo's hard. Cujo's hard. Bar, <laughs> uh, Barney from Gremlins. That's really good. We could have done that. Uh, Sam the dog from Lethal Weapon. Yeah. You didn't do that one? All right, I'm going to keep naming them. That's until you an tell awesome me. one. Uh, I told you you were not allowed to do Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to so bad. You can't. Who doesn't want John Candy as your pet? No. Uh, Beasley from Short Circuit. 
No? From Shorts. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Ali Sheedy's dog. Yeah, okay. She's got a lot of animals, though. It's distracting. It's very. So you didn't pick that. That's all right. Well, J5 outshines them. How about Quark from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? No. no. I, don't, I don't like terriers, like Russell Terriers. And the last one I have on my list is the dog from Mad Max 2. Is it your name Dog? I, I think his name is Dog. <laughs> yeah. I think None they, of those were the ones you picked? Nope. Then I don't know what you picked. I went through everything I had, so I'm curious to see what you picked. Hooch from Turner and Hooch. Oh, Jesus. How did I not say Hooch? You know, this movie, I'm telling you, man, like. It slaps. You, you love this movie love it it's great it's it's perfect tom hanks being heartfelt and also being kind of the goofball like this is his transition i feel like into the 90s monolith philadelphia it was yeah. turner and hooch and then philadelphia yeah i mean i probably <laughs> cried higher at this than philadelphia sure that, that sounds weird no it's, yeah. in, it's in line with your brand <laughs> so i mean tom hanks plays this by the book cop scott turner and Hooch is the dog of Amos, who's just this old guy who lives on a pier, gets murdered, and his murder is related to Craig T. Nelson in some weird way, and basically Turner and Hooch solve the crimes, and Hooch dies in the end. It's yeah. very sad. Very sad. But this is just the big, like, this is my idea of the prehistoric slobber monster. Yeah, I mean, if Tom Hanks was a woman, this would be <laughs> a very arousing film for you. So he, Hooch was a 110-pound dog, and it, I'm going to get the name wrong. It's a Duguay de Bourdois. Mm, yeah. Mm. One of the most ancient French breeds. Mm. So there you go. Mm, high class. Hooch was played by five dogs. Really? Yeah. So the main one was Beasley the dog, a 17-month-old pup born in Merrimack, Wisconsin. And there was three other dogs that like kind of like played in, and there was a stunt dog named Igor. I love that there's a stunt dog, too. Like Igor is a great dog name, by the that way. That is a really good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And do you know there was a pilot for this to be a TV show? It doesn't surprise me at all. Do you know who was going to star as Scott Turner? Who? Thomas F. Wilson. Really? Biff. Yeah. yeah. Don't, say, don't say Biff like I didn't know it was Biff. <laughs> and the dog was going to be Beasley, yeah. but it wasn't picked up. Okay. But I just love that Beasley's so strong and like everything is just kind of a like a task. Like even get him in the car. I've never mm-hmm. seen that before when uh, Tom Hanks gets in the car and they have to walk him home with kind of one of those dog catcher leashes yep. but like far away yep. and i guess on the set tom hanks couldn't control beasley a lot of the time so like the leash pulling and stuff is real that's great and also hooch is smart in the movie yeah. he's closing yeah, yeah. he's closing doors he's battering ram through through stuff he's and he loved that he likes beer too he drinks it from a hubcap and also that he like loves kissing around the neck do you know what i mean like the kind of you think like this dog's gonna just unload on you yeah, and yeah. like you know like rip your neck apart sure but it, no it's just like a no love cujo. he's not a cujo. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Hanks getting upset at a dog. There's just something endearing. In one Tom Hanks getting upset at anything. And finally, when they actually bond and he grabs the uh, blue towel and they're kind of pulling on it with their teeth together. It just, it makes my heart sing. You didn't tell me that Hooch was going to die. I know. I know. Craig T. Nelson you shot him. You were so mad at me well, when that happened. So the act, this dog deserves an Oscar for like when he's laying on the ground. His eyes look scared and watered over and like you don't know what's happening. Yeah, is this gonna be like Milo and Otis where we find out that they like gave it like some type of amphetamine or something and that's why it happened? I hope not. I hope not. I yeah, really yeah. hope not. And I like the little hooch at the end, the little oh, puppy. Little pup ruffers. Yeah. We love ruffers. Uh Max, we kept our eyes dry and talked about ruffers for an hour. So if you could have one dog from these movies, oh, wow. who would you have? Charlie. Not animated. Well, you didn't say that. You can't have a talking gambling dog. Ben- Benji. Benji? Yeah. Okay. A little mutt. Yeah, I go Quincy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got to have your Quincy ready for Quincy. God. Jesus. <laughs> Max, we have wrapped another show talking about things that probably only matter to us, but I'm very excited People about love it. dogs. People do love dogs. And now is a great time for the Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Max, this week's 
Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is Tony Huddleston Jr. Emo Sounds pin- like a race car driver. What is it's Emo Pinata eighty one? Yep. All right. At Emo Pinata eighty one. What a great name. Tony <laughs> He's we, just joy. We're we're spoiled. Yeah. We're really spoiled because we talked about this at the beginning, Split Happens podcast, Katrina and Anna sending us that goodie bag. Yep. Like I can't express to people that if you're out there and you have an inclination to do something creative and you're worried like about being made fun of or not being entertaining, Max and I are just two dudes who thought that this would be fun to do. And now we have these people that like really listen to what we do and it brings them happiness. And that makes me feel so good. Yeah, he's the nicest dude ever. The, Tony is responsible, honestly, for bringing me up a hundred times. When you and I are exhausted and we want to murder each other and we've maybe had a little bit too much of the podcast, I just will get a note from him and be like, dude, this is totally worth it. This guy is fantastic. Well, and we met him. He he messaged us to just shout him out on his birthday. That's, that's it. All it yeah, yeah, that's all he asked was a birthday shout out. So I am exceptionally excited to see what Tony has to say. So let's kick it on over to Tony for his thoughts on favorite 80s doggo. Mo and Max. Max and Mo. What's going on, Buzz in the Tower? This is Tony Huddleston Jr., Emo Pinata 81 on Instagram and TikTok, bringing you this week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. When I was asked to do the fan spotlight, I fanboyed out. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely love this podcast. I listen to it day in and day out. I really, I couldn't tell you how many times I've listened to each episode. Uh, a little about myself. I am a retail merchandiser for a major soda bottling company here in Kentucky. I'm originally from St. Paul, Minnesota. Skull Vikings. Yes, I know, Mo, you're a Lions fan. I'll forgive that, though. (laughs) I am also a caregiver for my father, which I've done for probably about the last 10 years. I also, from time to time, will compete in beard competitions. Yes, that's right. You heard it right. Beard competitions. My all-time favorite 80s movie is The Karate Kid. And I have to correct you, Mo. A couple weeks ago when you'd done the 80s movie draft, you said that Cruel Summer was played on the beach. It was not played on the beach. It was actually played when Daniel LaRusso was heading to school for his first day, which is the scene right after the beach scene. But that's okay. I'm here this week to give you my favorite 80s movie dog. And there's a lot to choose from. You have... Otis from Milo and Otis, you have Copper from Fox and the Hound, you have Cujo, you have Einstein from Back to the Future, you have Charlie from All Dogs Go to Heaven, but I'm not choosing Charlie because I agree with Max, Charlie is sleazy. My favorite 80s movie dog is none other than Hooch from the 1989 Tom Hanks classic Turner and Hooch. If you've not seen the movie, Tom Hanks plays a neat freak detective who takes Hooch after his friend Amos is murdered, realizing Hooch is probably the only witness to the crime. And all kinds of hilarity ensues. You have Hooch tearing up Turner's house, tearing up his cop car, and he walks back up and he's, Oh, no, not the car. Don't eat the car. It's just a great movie. I mean, Hooch starts out as a bad boy, and throughout he becomes more and more of a good boy, and right at the end he's the ultimate good boy as he sacrifices himself to save Turner. And that is why Hooch is my favorite 80s movie dog. Again, this is Tony Huddleston Jr. If I could ask Mo, maybe could I get a little, short stubby Susie, she's so sweet, she got everything that Uncle John needs, oh baby! (laughs) Or maybe a little, Dead or alive, you are coming with me. And Max may be a little, yes, yes, yes. Wow. Or you got to give me a Falcor. Yeah. Hope you guys are doing well. Love the podcast. Love you guys. Emo Pinata 81. Out. Nailed it. Max, I think before I give any opinion. Yeah. Per, 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 oh, show it's dumb, it's Susie. She's so sweet. Yes, yes, yes. And wow. uh, dead or alive. <laughs>
<laughs> That's great. Oh, man. I mean, he nailed it. He really did nail it. And it's interesting, too. His imitation of Tom Hanks pretty good. Is, is actually pretty solid. Yeah. Man, what a great... These spotlights are just getting better and better. Tony, um, you rock. Tony, you crushed it. Thank you, as always, my friend. Uh, Max, that wraps the show. I want to thank Split Happens again for their incredible gift bag. Please check out their podcast, Split Happens Pod. I want to remind all of you to check out Pop Chef with Graham Elliott and uh, Tony uh, much love to Tony Huddleston Jr. as well and Max what else do we have to say or cover uh, at Buzz in the Tower for all of our social media follow us on Instagram follow us on TikTok follow us on Spotify and on what's the other one called Apple Podcast yeah alright tell your friends share share the love get them all to listen if you got a dog lover in your life they should at least like listening to me talk about all dogs go to heaven which Tony was totally wrong on it's a fantastic movie <laughs> He was right. Wrong. Hooch rules. Wrongo. A most sit. Good, good boy. boy. And Max, on that note, how do you want to end the podcast? Who's a good boy? You're a good boy. Whoever's listening to this is a good boy. Pat on the head. Max, I think I'll end uh, the way that we should end, which is a musical treat from the fantastic film All Dogs Go to Heaven. You can't keep a good dog You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.